Hello, dear listeners. Thank you for tuning into this latest episode of Love Service Wisdom with myself, Rada Wepner. I am taking this episode as an opportunity to share with you some of my thoughts and understandings and what I've learned about the practice of meditation. And I want to talk with you about it because it's something that comes up a lot with my students and my clients. And I know the response I get from a lot of people is, I can't meditate, or I meditate poorly, or I can't do it, or it's hard. And so like, let's talk about how it could be easier, or maybe what are some of the roadblocks that are making it hard for you? Because I think a lot of it just has to do with the perception of what meditation is. Like classically, we think it's when you have no thoughts or your mind is clear of thoughts, right? Like the mind has fully sort of gone to sleep but you're aware at the same time. And so then we sit down to meditate, typically we're sitting, it can feel really frustrating because the truth is our mind is anything but quiet. And no matter how hard we try, thoughts typically continue to distract us. They continue to arise. And then we can get hard on ourselves like, you know, why am I not better at this? Everybody else is better than me. I'm never going to get it. So if you've thought one of those things while trying to meditate, you join the club. We all feel that way, including myself, though I don't really tend to give myself a hard time about it. Like there's not negative Rada self-talk about it, but I can find that it's hard to focus at times. And so what's going on? with the minds when we're wanting to meditate. Think of it like training your thoughts and training your thoughts is maybe something you've never done before. You've never built the muscle of focus or the muscle of concentration or dharna as it's called in Sanskrit. You haven't tried to stay focused. So of course, when you begin to try to do it, you notice really quickly how, <laughs> how, um, how you can usually focus for like a second or maybe two and how quickly your mind is onto the next thing. You're like the dog with the squirrel. And so one, just knowing that it's a skill that you're trying to cultivate and build And that takes repetition. That takes doing it over and over and over again till finally it gets easier that you've built the muscle. But for most of us, that muscle of focus has really atrophied, meaning we haven't built it up. So be kind with yourself with where you're starting from, one, and that you will get better over time. I guarantee it. And then the next thing is that, of course, when you sit down and say, close your eyes and try to go inward, you are suddenly aware of how loud your internal monologue is and how random your internal monologue is. And a meditation teacher who I really love, Lauren Roche, he used this metaphor once that really resonated with me, which is like, when you sit down to meditate, 
it's like a swirl hurricane of post-it notes of things that you don't want to forget or should have said or need to do or to-do lists or what you forgot. And it's the mind stuff, like what's most present is just there and you're in the tunnel hurricane of it. So if, again, if that happens for you, know that that is a phase and that happens for all of us as soon as we sit down and start to turn inward. That the what you're going to notice is how loud the thoughts are and how many different thoughts that there are. So you see it as like, oh, here's that phase of the hurricane of post-it notes of all the distracting thoughts. Okay, I'm gonna see these thoughts. The key would be to not pick up one of them, let's say, and go into the story of whatever it might be. Or, and if that does happen to you, you'll get, you'll get into a mental tangent for a while of speculation of a story. And eventually you'll notice that you've done that. Oh, here I am thinking about all the laundry that I need to fold. Oh, I was thinking about laundry. Okay. What was my object of focus? Because I'm an act of meditation requires something that you're concentrating on. And that can be anything that you choose. It could be cooking or washing the dishes. It could be listening to music. It could be following your breath. It could be feeling sensations in the body. It could be witnessing your thoughts. It could be re repeating a mantra or a phrase or looking at a picture, maybe a mandala. So there's an object of meditation that you chose when you began the practice of meditation. You've decided that, and it could be so many things. So when you catch your mind in the story of the past or the future, wandering, oh yeah, I'm in this thought, oh, there it is. What was my object of meditation? My breath, okay, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, and you simply go back to the object of meditation. And you do that a gazillion times. You do that over and over and over again. And that the over and over and over again, the returning to the object of focus is meditating. So every time you come back from wandering to focus, you are meditating dear friends, that is it. The more you do it, the easier it will become and you'll start to catch yourself quicker. Also know that some days are going to be better than others. Some days you might be emotionally drained. Some days you might be sick. Some days you might have huge things on your mind that are really distracting you. And that meditation, quote unquote, won't feel as like good or productive. And just know this is me today. I'm showing up at my cushion perhaps, or my seats with a lot going on and that's okay. I'm aware of what's going on in my life. Other days you'll feel more peaceful and more calm and less external or internal distractions. So it might be easier to drop in. One of my favorite ways to meditate is through chanting, is through chanting Sanskrit. I love my practice with the Sacred Sound Lab, with my teachers, Sheila Bringy and Brent. And for me, when I'm chanting, the reason I love it is it's a couple things. It's multifaceted. When I chant out loud, 
and I'm singing or just saying the words, the rhythm that's created is an act of pranayama or breath control. So I am breathing in a very conscious way through saying words out loud. Two, I'm typically doing it in a way that challenges me. Like it's a hard phrase or it's unfamiliar Sanskrit sounds or melodies. And in order to do it, I have to really pay attention to what it is that I'm saying or I'll say the wrong words. So I'm trying to say the right words in the right way and the right rhythm. And that makes me have to meditate. It makes me have to focus just in doing that to get it right. And so a key for you might be like, maybe do something that requires a little bit of effort, right? Because if it's too easy, then the mind can multitask, which is really, really, really good at. The, the muscle of multitasking for many of us is very strong. So how can we make it singular? We can make it singular by making it hard. We need to add on an aspect, another layer to keep us present. And then I feel like the, for me, the Sanskrit sounds and syllables, the resonance of the words have sort of like an internal cleansing action. So if I chant for a while, let's say it's just five or 10 minutes, then I meditate, something really exquisite happens where when, if I were to just sit down and plop my butt down and try to focus on my breath, like I mentioned before, that like swirl of post-it notes and thoughts and distractions that are just under the surface, somehow the chanting seems to have cleared the ground for me, cleared away the noise and all those like disparate thought patterns so that then when I do go into stillness or quiet, I'm in this like expansive, quiet space instantly from the chanting that happened beforehand. So that's one of my favorite ways to meditate. One, I really love the chanting and the reasons I described, but two, it seems to like shortcut to a deeper place of my meditation. It gets me there and into a stillness, expansive state easier than if I were to do it without chanting. So the question for you would be, what do you really love? What helps you to clear away the noise and maybe like till the soil of your inner being before just going into a seated silent practice? Maybe there's something for you that, that can help with that. Dancing, playing music, playing sports, playing a video game even, what gets you into a focused, open state that requires your attention? Another key aspect to meditating is basically being in the present moment. When you're in the present moment, when you're in presence, you're fully in your being of what's happening right now. And what's happening right now is true. It's true. I feel like that's an, a, like a cool, interesting part of meditation. You can't argue with what is happening in the present moment. You're not making up a story about it. You're not wanting it to be something different. You're not imagining or daydreaming. It's the truth of what's happening right now. So when I'm 
in meditation and I'm trying to focus and feel expansive, I notice that my mind loves to tell stories about stuff. I could think of a gazillion things and the mind will get into an idea, a conversation, again, speculation, making stuff up about what could happen, what might happen, what should have happened, what could potentially happen, the beautiful thing, the hard thing, the sad thing. And if I can see that story aspect of the mind, I'm like, none of this is even true because it's not happening right now. I'm just making stuff up. So what is true? What is happening right now? What's happening right now are the sounds that I hear that's a gateway into presence. What's happening right now is my breath, in and out, breathing. That's a gateway into presence. What's happening right now are the sensations in my body, tingling, streaming, pulsing, warmth, throbbing, heaviness, constriction, openness, flow, numbness. I'm feeling it in this moment. What's happening right now is my emotional state, grief, joy, boredom, sorrow, love. I feel the emotion right now. Okay, that's another gateway into presence. I can't argue with the fact that I feel grief right now. Grief is just happening and I'm noticing that it's happening. Also witnessing your mind, witnessing the fact that you are seeing and daydreaming about doing the laundry. Okay, that thought is passing through my mind right now. That's okay. I'm not making up any conclusions about it or judging myself or the situation or the idea. I just see that it is there. It is an object out there and I am the subject. I am the observer. I am the witness. And when I'm in this place of presence with the truth of what is, I feel really peaceful. That's true for me. Meditating for you might leave you feeling a different, content, joyful, light, clear, open, all, the, all of the above. And you'll know when you're in your meditative space because you'll feel the way that it feels for you. So pay attention to when you get into a place of meditation through so many different avenues. How do you feel when that's happened for you? Notice that because then you'll know when you're there again because of how you feel. I hope that makes sense. So my friends, this is just a little breakdown of meditating. I want it to feel more accessible and open to you. The last thing we should do is shame ourselves about being bad meditators or use it as another way to beat ourselves up about not being good enough and really just see it as a practice of focus, a practice of concentration, and that you're moving through layers of the mind. The first layer being the very personal layer of your ego self, of what's true and happening for you right now, what your worries are, what your desires are. That's going to be in there when you turn inward. When that settles down, you move into more of a, like a symbolic archetypal collective consciousness realm of images and ideas. 
And then another layer of mind is the transpersonal, is the source, is the interconnection, the silence and the stillness that we all share. They're just different depths that we get to. And then when you come back out of your state of meditation, it's almost like putting on your identity again and remembering who you are and how you are in the world. And again, your desires and your dislikes, but you'll move through those layers. And so explore and experiment with what that's like for you to move through different layers and, and to see them as such, and that we do have different qualities of our inner being and states of our inner being and that they're accessible and achievable and knowable through your embodied self through yourself i've got a meditation album called guidance that the first track is similar to this it talks about what meditation is and then it's three different guided meditations one for healing and grounding one for opening your heart and one for a yoga nidra practice, which is a little bit longer. So guided meditations are also wonderful. There's that one. And then there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of out there by other teachers and guides too. So if you're having trouble just focusing on the self, bring somebody in to support you. Listen to a guided meditation. I love, I love guided meditations the act of listening to what the person is saying, that's your object of focus, right? And then they might cue you to focus on different things as well. And you're tracking that within yourself as you're going. And boom, you've just meditated. And it can be that easy. So my friends, that's all. If you have any questions about meditation or would like other resources or guidance, feel free to reach out. You can send me an email, rada, R-A-D-H-A, at marissawepner.com, M-A-R-I-S-A-W-E-P-P-N-E-R.com. Just email me, and I'm happy to chat with you about it back and forth. And until then, remember, as my dear teacher Ramdas says, just this. Just this, just this.